Well, today uh, we're continuing the message series, which we called Relationships, and our message today is entitled Learn to Love. Now, when we hear the word love, what do we think about? Now, oftentimes in our culture, we tend to associate the word love with a feeling. We fall into love, and then we might fall out of love. It's, it's something somewhat involuntary we have little control over. But love based on feelings is really a, a conditional love where we love others who love us back. I'm going to love you if you love me. On the other hand, the Bible speaks of love as a choice. It's a choice to act in another person's best interests. I choose to do that. Now, the best interests of any person is that they have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the main word that's used in the New Testament for love is a Greek word, which is agape. Now, agape love is, is different than the kind of love we normally talk about in our culture. Agape love is an unconditional love. It's the love that God has for us, and it's the love that God commands us to have both for him and for other people. And so love is a choice to do what's best for another person, whether we feel like it or not. Agape love is unconditional love. It originates from God. And so we really can't have agape love without God's help. First verse we're going to look at is 1 John 4.19. I'd encourage you to pull out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has uh, the verses and the outline there for you. On the back is some study questions that's used in the life group, or you can use it in your own personal study time as well. 1 John 4.19, we love, and again the Greek word there is agape, because he first loved us, speaking of God. So God loved us first. God initiated this unconditional agape love. He loved us and he expressed that love by sending Jesus to this world to save us. And in return, we choose to love God back. We choose to enter into a relationship with God. And if we love God in that way, then we must also love other people with that same kind of love. First John 4 expresses it this way. It says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And so the fruit of truly loving God is that we will love other people. We will love brothers and sisters in the church family with that same kind of love. And so the concept of someone being a believer in Jesus and not Loving his brothers and sisters, not being part of a local church family, really doesn't exist in the New Testament. It doesn't exist in the Bible. And here we see the reason. If we love God, we're going to love other believers. In fact, we're going to love more than other believers. We'll talk about that in a minute. We're going to love everybody. Jesus put it this way in Luke 10, 27. And this verse is often called the great commandment. He said, because somebody asked him a question, what is the greatest commandment? And this was his answer. He said, you shall love the Lord your God. Again, this is agape love in the Greek. With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus' command to us is that as we love God with everything we have, we are to love our neighbor as ourself. Now, after Jesus gave this command, one of his 
followers, one of his disciples asked, well, who, who is my neighbor? And so to answer that question, Jesus told a story that explains who our neighbors are and how we are to, to love them. And we'll talk more about that as we go on in the message. And so we're going to see that we are to love not only our brothers and sisters in our church family, fellow believers, if we're a believer, we are to love everyone we come in contact with, even our enemies. I guess to watch a short video called Love Without Exceptions. And so the man who asked Jesus, who is my neighbor, he, he was looking for exceptions. You know, that my neighbor is this type of person, but not that type of person. But as we study God's word, we find that there are no exceptions to Jesus' command for us to love. We are to love everyone. And so today we want to look at God's word to learn better how to love. Uh, first of all, we love by caring. And so the first choice that agape love makes is to choose to care about somebody else. And that's not an easy choice because our natural tendency is what? That's to care about ourselves first and foremost, oftentimes to the exclusion of other people. And yet God cares about us, and we are to care about others. And to do that, we need to open up our heart to other people. Now, the story that Jesus told to answer the question, who is my neighbor, is commonly called the story of the Good Samaritan. And in this story, a Jewish man was traveling down a road when he was attacked by a band of robbers. And the robbers took his possessions, they beat him, left him for dead on the side of the road. And several travelers came past the injured man lying there, and they simply went on. They didn't want to get involved. And finally, a Samaritan came walking down the road. He saw the injured man, and it says in verse 33, as he journeyed, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, the injured man, and when he saw him, he had compassion. You might want to underline that word, compassion. Now, normally, Samaritans don't have dealings with Jews, but this Samaritan had compassion for this wounded man. He, he let his heart be open to the man's great need. He opened up his heart to care for him. And as, as we're going to see, this compassion was, was more than a feeling. It was a feeling. It was, you know, this compassion, but it was going to move him to actually take action. And so Jesus also shows us by his example how to love by caring. We want to learn to care as Jesus cared. Matthew, uh, Mark 6.34 says, When he, that is Jesus, went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion. Again, underline that word compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so when Jesus saw this huge crowd, he, he deeply cared for these people. Why? Because he perceived they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, what is a sheep without a shepherd like? Well, a sheep without a shepherd has no idea where to go to eat. It has no idea where to go to drink. It has no defenses against predators, wolves, or robbers. They're helpless. And yet Jesus was not disgusted with these people. Jesus had a deep compassion for them. He cared about them. He wanted to help them. And so the first step to truly showing the kind of love that God has for us, that God loves us with, is begins, it begins in our hearts. When we see somebody in need, what is the response of our heart? Is it to pass by on the other side of the road and say, I'm too busy, 
I don't want to get involved. Is it to close our heart to that person or is it to care about the other person and have compassion on them? And so Jesus taught us in this story that our, our neighbor is anyone around us that has a need. Those are the ones that we are to love. Whomever God puts into our life, whoever God puts into our circle of relationships. And so that would include the members of our own family, our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, other relatives. Our neighbors would include people in our church family, people in our small group. It would include people who live next to us on our street. It would include coworkers on our job. It would include students if we're going to school that are sitting in our classes? Do we care about them? Do we have compassion on them, on the difficulties they are facing? Or are we consumed with our own problems? And so God would help us. Uh, let's ask God to help us to care about people, to have compassion on them, the people that God has placed in our lives, the people that are our neighbors. We love, we begin to love by caring. Next, we love by going. Jesus continued his story in Luke 10, 34. You can read the whole story in Luke 10. We're just going to pick out a few verses here to get the gist of the story because of time constraints. It says, he, that is the Samaritan, went to him. He went to the injured man laying on the road. And so the good Samaritan in the story that Jesus told not only had compassion on this injured man, he not only was moved in his heart and cared about him, he stopped on his journey and he went to help him. Now, first of all, this, this was a risk because perhaps the robbers were lying in wait. And the next guy that came by to help this, maybe they would attack him. But he didn't let that deter him. He didn't know how badly this man was injured, and yet he came to help. He was undoubtedly not a doctor, but he took action. He took the first step. And so love takes the initiative. It, it doesn't wait to be asked. He didn't wait for the injured man to call out for help. He just decided to go, to do something. Love is bold. Love is strong. Love is courageous. You know, in any type of relationship, if you wait for the other person to initiate things, you're going to be disappointed. Well, they didn't ask me to help. Love takes the initiative. Love seeks out to help another person. 1 John 3.18 says, Little children, let us... Not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And so John here is saying that love only in words, love only in feelings is not the whole of what love is. It's, it's deficient. Now, he's not saying you don't tell somebody you love them. That's still a good thing to do. But if it's only words, that's not complete love. Love begins in our hearts with caring. It continues with words and then it moves towards the other person by taking the first step of action. And that takes courage. It takes courage. It takes humbleness to put the other person's need above our own needs and our own wants. And as you take that first step, Jesus will be there to help you. We need to go as Jesus went. We're looking at Jesus' example here as well. Philippians 2, 4-7 says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And so the Good Samaritan in Jesus' story 
is a type of Jesus. Before Jesus came to this earth, he was perfectly happy in heaven, a beautiful place, a sinless place, a perfect place. But as he looked down into this world, he saw sinners like you and me, people who had messed up their lives, people who were in rebellion against God, people who were enemies against God. He looked down and saw a sinful place, very unlike heaven, and he took action. He took the first step. People weren't calling out to him, but he took the first step to leave heaven, come to earth, to be born as a baby, and ultimately to die on the cross that we might be saved. He emptied himself. He put our interests above his own. He came to earth because he loved us. And his coming to this earth is an example of, of what it means to love by going. And so to love by going is to make the first move towards another person. It means to move out of your comfort zone. Move out of the way you're normally doing things. Allow yourself to be interrupted by another person's needs and pay attention to them, to care for them. Now this is something that we are challenged with in every aspect of our lives. It happens right in our church family. It's easy to hang out with people you know. But let's not ignore new people. Let's open our hearts. Let's open our Minds to new people that come each and every Sunday to take time to make the first move, to get to know somebody, to bring them into our circle of friends. The same is true on the job. There's people around you each and every day where you work. Oftentimes, people have serious needs. When I worked Many years ago at Monsanto, people would tell me their needs. It was kind of like grumbling, right? You don't believe what's going on here with me and this and that. And people would tell you they have needs. Some are emotional. Some may be physical. Some may be spiritual. If we look at statistics, they tell us that the majority of people on your job, unless you're working for a Christian company, are not Christians. That's just going to be the fact. Some may be, but most are not. And if you care about them, the next step in showing God's love to them is to take that step to get to know them a little better. Not just about the job, how they're doing on the job, but personally, how are they doing? Find out about them, find out about their needs, and then offer to pray. Say, so would you mind if I prayed for that child who's sick? Would you mind if I prayed for you in the meeting you've got coming up with the boss that you're a little scared about? Would you mind if I prayed for your relationship with your wife that's not going so good? And as you care about them, as you begin to tell them how God has worked in your life, as he begins to answer your prayer request, you are showing God's love to them. We learn to love by taking the first step. And so we love by caring, we love by going, and finally we love by giving. The story of the Good Samaritan continues in verse 34. He, that is the Samaritan, went to him, the wounded man on the side of the road, and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. 
And so this good Samaritan, he had compassion. He saw this wounded man on the side of the road. He courageously took the first step to go to him. And he then saw the man's wounds. He saw it was a serious condition. And he took action to help him. He gave up of his time. I'm sure he had an appointment somewhere he was going. He wasn't going to get there on time anymore. He gave up his resources. He had obviously oil and wine there, and he used those to minister to the man's wounds. He took him to an inn, and he gave up his money to provide for the man's keep at the inn. And so he gave. His love motivated him to give by meeting the need of the man. And so when you take the first step to get to know somebody, when you take the first step and spend time with them, you, you get a better idea of their needs. And then you have another choice to make. Am I going to do anything to meet the need or not? And so every step in this sequence we're talking about this morning, caring, having compassion, and then going, and finally giving requires more of us as we learn to love as Jesus loved us. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. In other words, this verse is, is warning us against procrastinating. It's like, well, you know, maybe I'll just leave the man on the side of the road and come back another day. Well, the man might have died by then. And God's word here says, don't procrastinate. Don't put it off for another day. If you can help somebody, and this good Samaritan could help this man, then do it right away. Now, it's interesting in this verse, it says, do not withhold good when it is in your power to do it. None of us can meet every need that's out there. You're going to get overwhelmed. Okay, none of us can meet every need. We don't have the time. We don't have the resources. Uh, we don't have the strength or the money to meet every need. But God has a way of putting people in our path, putting people around us with needs in our lives where we have the power to meet that need to some extent. And that's what we're responsible for. Oftentimes we can't meet all the need, but we can meet some of it. We can do our part. And then God will bring somebody else along. Or we can ourselves get somebody else to help out. To help this person in their needs. And so we love by giving. We meet the need. We, we give as Jesus gave. 1 John 3.16, it says, By this we know love. That's agape love. That he, that is Jesus, laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And so Jesus came to this earth because he loved us. He came not just to live. He came to die for us. That's how great his love was for us so that our sins be, could be forgiven. And so Jesus gave his life for each one of us. He gave his life for everybody on the planet. All they have to do is believe in him and accept that gift. But John here writes that in the same way that Jesus gave his life, that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers, our brothers and sisters. Now, for us today in America, that doesn't, is probably not going to mean laying down your physical life, actually dying for somebody as Jesus did. But it does mean laying down aspects of our lives, our time. That's part of our life, right? We only have so much time. And if we give our time to meet somebody's needs, that's time that we're not spending on our own desires and wants. That's giving of our lives. It's giving of our resources. It's giving of our, of our money. 
Now, this verse is directed to laying down our lives for brothers and sisters in our church family. And that's how important a church family is. But it also means laying down your life for others who are not yet part of God's family. Unbelievers that you might know, people who are seeking after God, people who are not seeking after God, so that you can understand what needs they have. You can seek to meet those needs with the love of God. And as we do that, it draws people closer to God. They begin to see what? They begin to see what Jesus is like. As we are the hands and the feet of Jesus, they begin to see what he's like, and they are drawn to that. And so the final step in learning to love is through giving. Now, it's easiest to love those who love us back. It's easiest to love people who are just like us. But Jesus taught us that even sinners love people who love them back. You know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We love people who love us back. But as believers, we're to love everyone, no exception. Jesus even taught us that we are to love our enemies. We are to love people who are trying to hurt us, people who are trying to persecute us. And yet sometimes we even have trouble showing love to others who are closest to us, whether they're in our physical family or in our church family. And Why do we sometimes get upset with people and have difficulty showing love? Because somebody else wasn't perfect like us. But none of us are perfect. We're all sinners. And we get upset when somebody else does something they shouldn't do. But yet, do we do the same things? And yes, we all do. All of us are struggling with various sins in our lives. Some are more visible than others. But we're to seek to show love or seek to help others grow in the Lord. And so our church is a place for imperfect people like you and me. It's a place even not just for believers because we encourage and we invite unbelievers, people who are seeking God, to come as well so they can learn more about Jesus Christ. And so God wants to help us to grow in our love for those who are believers and those who are unbelievers as well. And so today we've really talked about this, this story that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan to answer the question, who is my neighbor? And we found the answer. The neighbor is... Everybody that God puts in our lives, we are to love them as Jesus does. We are to love by caring, opening up our hearts to them, by going, taking the first step to getting to know them, to meeting the need, and finally by giving of what God has given us. Because everything we have, God has given to us. Freely we have received, freely we are to give. And it all begins with what? Thinking about the needs of others rather than just our own needs. If we're so consumed with our own selves, if we're so consumed with all of our problems, we're not going to be able to show God's love to other people. But Jesus promises as we love others, as we seek his kingdom first, he's going to do what? He's going to meet all of our needs. And so we have nothing to worry about. And so we care enough to Go to another person to engage them, to see what their need is, how we can help them. And oftentimes, we're not even going to know what the need is until we get to know somebody. So that's really the first step. Are we going to take the first step to get to know people that God has placed in our lives? And then we show our love by seeking to meet the needs that they have. And Jesus said that people would know who his disciples were by what? 
by their love. That is to be the defining characteristic of a follower of Jesus Christ. So I pray that each of us would grow in love, love for others, and that as a whole, our church family would grow too as each of us grows in that as well, a love without exceptions. Now, the first step to experiencing God's love for us, God's agape love that he showed to us in sending Jesus is to give your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And we do that. The Bible teaches us how that's done. First of all, we admit that we've sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every person has sinned. Every one of us is a sinner, and that sin separates us from God. And that's why Jesus came, because we were in a hopeless condition. He came. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He took our sins upon himself and paid the price of our sin. And God raised him from the dead. And we are to believe in him, to put our trust in Jesus Christ. And finally, to commit our lives to serving him as our Lord and Savior all the days of our lives. So I'd like to ask us to bow our heads right now. We're going to pray a, a simple prayer. And if you'd like to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time or you'd like to recommit your life to him today I'd like to ask you just to slip your hand up I'm not going to ask you to come forward but just slip your hand up so I can know that well, you're going to be praying with me today silently if there's anybody here we just ask you to slip your hand up all right let's pray father we thank you for Jesus we thank you for his great love for us and today we admit that we've sinned. We've done wrong things. God, and I admit that I've sinned. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross, took my sin upon himself, that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for that love. I choose to that you have for me, I choose to love you back and to love others, my neighbor as myself. And for the rest of us that are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you today for teaching us in your word about this unconditional love, this agape love. Forgive us, God, for being so concerned about our own needs that we've neglected to care about other people, that we've neglected to show your love to other people that you've put in our our lives. Help us to, to take notice, God, and to take the first step to getting to know what other people's needs are. God, help us to warmly welcome into our circle uh, new people that we get to know on our jobs, new people in our neighborhoods, God, new people in our schools, new people in our church family. Give us eyes to see people's needs and give us the wisdom to care about those needs and to take steps to, to meet those needs. God, and when we don't have the resources to meet every need, help us to remember that you have the resources and we can always pray and all the resources of heaven will go to meeting that need and demonstrating to others that you are real and that you are alive. We pray that you'd use each of us, God, to show your love in tangible ways to many more people. 
Help our church to be known as a church that truly loves, that cares about people, and meets their needs and points them to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. If you've made a commitment or a recommitment of your life today, I'd like to ask you to check a box on the back of your Connect card.